thank you, Lord, and, and we just receive, uh, we receive, Lord, the, the revelation and the revealing of your glory. God's glory is this. He secured your praise. 
glory means that is secured praise. Whatever you lift your hands and praise God and for, He secured. He secured you being thankful and praising Him for your children being saved, and He secures that praise that in your your marriage is finances is getting better, and that's to praise Him and give God all the glory. He secured. He blesses you and he causes you to turn
Uh, we talked on Wednesday, and this will be a continuation of a sermon that I call Because I'm Short. Um, <laughs> and um, we will not be playing that song again, as we did at the end of service. That will not happen. Uh, but uh, we, 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 Pastor Donnie found a rendition of that mean song that they couldn't play today because kids would have an emotional meltdown. If they heard short people have no reason to live. Yeah, yeah, it went down, it went down on Saturday. Yeah, brutal. I used to dance to that song. Didn't realize they talking about me, like, <laughs> why, you, <laughs> why you dancing to that? Why you have a beat? Uh, <laughs> you know, even, and I even take that back to even today, like some of the stuff that, that students are listening to, some of this, some of the music is just so violent and, and against women and you got girls dancing to it, I'm like, they don't like you. It was like when the, the gangster rap first came out. I hate white people. We had a little white kid in the car. Like, you not listen to what they're saying? And sometimes we do that, man. Sometimes we tend to listen and, and, and gather a beat about what's not good about us more than what God has said. I got a rhythm for your life to be great. Yes, I do keep everything in the message uh, as best I can. So we're going to go from because I'm short to the shortest distance. Right? Shortest distance to something is a straight line. Right? Encourage gyra. It's completely legal now to drive. I said, uh, don't drive crooked. When I tell you to go straight to the store and straight back, come straight back. If you drive crooked, you will get to walk. And I don't care what you got. You'll be the most insured walker in town. Shortest distance. Small obedience produces long greatness and so you know when you hear things like man you you're too holy you're too righteous um and all of those things and all those things you're like i i got to keep the distance short some of us are not long distance runners some of us are i need this race to end quickly the best way to get it to end quickly is to be right there with god in obedience Second Kings chapter 13 and verse 17 through 19, which by the way is what made me think of you again, this verse, uh, he talks about, it. he said, open the window. He's talking to this king, not this one, it's later on, Lola. He said, open this window toward the east and he opened it and then, then Elisha told, said, shoot, and he shot and he said, the, Lord, the Lord's arrow of victory, even the arrow of victory over Aram, for you will defeat the Armenians at, at, at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Now, let's just stop right there. What if God says, okay, take, take a pen, throw it out the church door. By the way, do that with your own pen. Throw it out the church door. Then go pick your pen up and beat it on the ground. And the number of times you hit it on the ground is the number, number of generations that will never be in debt. How many of y'all that pen wouldn't even have ink? That pen wouldn't even exist. You'd be like, <laughs> because you would, you would beat it to your children's 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 Everybody could move in this abundance. That's what this king, that's what the opportunity he had to do. Was that they would never have to fight this enemy again. Never have to deal with them again. Check this king out. This is, this is awesome. Then he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. And here's my favorite verse would help me, tip me over the top to become a preacher right here. So the man of God was angry. That, that's, when I read that, that that was okay to be. 
I went, yes, I will do it. I, I will accept the call <laughs> that I can be angry with him. And said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Aram until you would have destroyed it. But now you, have, you, have, you shall strike Aram only three times. Battles there one through consistent obedience. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that we're all about the shortest distance, Lord God. And not because that we're trying to arrive somewhere, but we want to be in obedience to you. And we thank you, Lord God, for blessing our mind, our wills, our emotion. Lord God, that you will be glorified in all that we say and do today, that Jesus will be magnified. We bless you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let everybody say Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, born short is not a bad thing. It's not, it's not horrible. Born short. Um, it, but being short in your calling is the worst thing. And what I mean by born short, I don't mean about stature. Please don't think I'm talking about height. Some people are born short of parents. We only have one of them. Some people are born short of health. Sometimes you have to fight to even get to this point in your life. Uh, born short uh, of everyone getting along. Whatever the short was, it, that's not the crime. It's if you keep that and allow it to be your lifestyle. That's when it becomes a short person's disease. Right? They call it, and I haven't realized it say Wednesday, Napoleon disease. The little person who wants to fight all the time. On fight instead of just receive and accept that there's only one thing that you can do and that's be happy with who you are. So, so born again, the word born again is the empty jars of that is the wrong sentence that I'm reading. Skip what I just said. Uh, God saves us in the midst of complete disobedience, right? We were in complete disobedience. God saved us, right? He says, you were so short, right? Uh, Romans 3, 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He says, you're in complete disobedience, but I'm going to save you. Romans 5, 8, while we were, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet enemies, Christ died for us. So we were short of salvation. He died, he, 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 which means we were empty of, of those things, empty of righteousness, and he didn't stop stop until death was defeated. The death enemy was defeated. So he went all the way, like Jesus said, I'm going to strike the stick, call the cross, until death is completely defeated. So what this king didn't do, Jesus did do. He went all the way in. He went all the way in. He's like, nail my hands, nail my feet, and then my heart will die there. All of it has to be in there. So he goes all in, and, and, that, and he didn't stop until the death enemy was defeated. So you have to remember, Philippians 1, 6, he that's begun a good work in us is able to complete. He's going to finish what he started in you. But you need to be around for when it finished. We say when, when my relatives or my in-laws come over for, for the holidays and, 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 and there's a dessert that everybody wants. You know, there's some desserts not everybody wants. Right? And, and I won't eat the dessert that they bring. I only find out what my children, or really what Miracle makes, because if my son make it, I'm not sure about that, but her Miracle makes. However, if it's one of those that they made and everybody's going to get it, if you're not at the house when that thing comes out the oven, you may not get to fellowship with it. Right? Sometimes we walk away from what God started in us because it seems so long ago and it seems like that's when I was innocent. By the way, let me holler at you for a minute. You never are innocent. You're only set free because of Jesus. Right? Innocent is a person who's never done. 
God says you did do, but I made you free from what you did do. Right? And, and then he brings you back into it. So he finishes so we can allow growth to take its time because we know the ending has already been secured. So if I know God is finished, I don't have to rush myself in growing up. Right? How many of you guys, when you're little, say, I can't wait till I'm grown? I mean, I wish you never would have said that. Like, man, what was I thinking about? There's bills out there. <laughs> you got to buy your own food. Which I've mastered that. I've mastered that with my kids. My kids love to say, let's go out to eat. I go, who's buying? Because if you have to buy your own, go ahead and go. I don't mind you going out to go. No, I want you to go. Okay, so see, going out to eat ain't that big a deal now, is it? You find out how much people love something by what they invest in it. Right? Well, I love your church. Have you ever invested in it? We are invested in, in the lives of the people that are a part of what we do. So whatever, whatever fatigue and, and time seems to be working against you, get along with Jesus so you can go long in your person, right? Or in your purpose, in your person, in your purpose. So, so if I don't get a, long, uh, get a long time with Jesus, I'm going to stop short in prayer. Because immediately in your mind, I don't know about you guys now, when I'm praying, my mind sometimes don't connect for a while. That's why it takes me the first four hours of the day of, of uh, devotion with Jesus where my mind gets. Some of y'all are so great that you enter in and you and Jesus are just right there, right? Oh, I mean, you can do it. It takes me a little bit, man. I'm starting to pray. I'm like, I can't believe they act like that. And I'm having to pray in the spirit so my mind can connect with it. Because I'm not going to always be in the best of mood even when the prayer starts. And I have to believe that God has completed in me what I've started. Right? And, and so if you've ever been ready to pray and thoughts hit your head, that don't mean you're ungodly. That means you're godly in a bad world. And somebody done got on your bad nerves, which seems to always seem to hang around. So then you have to get up and still believe and say, God, I trust you. Shortest distance between you and getting up is 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sin, God's faithful and just to forgive you. Get up and go on. Get up and go on. Get up and move on. Get up and, and, and move to that, that next day. Now, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 and one, one day, the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And I'll tell you this, as a church, as a church body, we always come together and pray that no weapon, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper, okay? So something happens, you get there and you gotta get before God, but you bring us in as a church to pray over you because creditors, no matter what you call them, I don't care what you call them, creditors come in all different forms, shapes, and sizes, right? Even your own kids will try to be a creditor over you. Remember what you said? Verse 2, <laughs> what can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of oil, olive, a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Now, I don't want to take you back to days when you weren't doing things right, but y'all know what a flask is, right? Okay, there's modern flask and then there's old time flask, but they flask did the same thing. They held liquid. 
Okay, we got so holy. Let me tell you that, that they, they're, some of them are square with, you know, chrome. You can get some really nice ones to take your alcoholism up to a whole new level, right? But they had flasks. So, but what I'm trying to say is they don't hold a whole, you can't put a 40 in them. How about that? How about this to bring y'all down to earth, okay? You can't put that much in them. So for him to tell her, she says, all I got is a flask of oil. He said, go get big jars, Right? You got to thinking like, well, is this man crazy? He says, no, because if you get the big jars, that's the shortest you got to travel. If you don't get the jars, when the oil starts to flow, you won't have anything to put them in. And sometimes you have to go get what's empty. Sometimes it may be your heart. Sometimes you have to go get what's empty. Sometimes it may be your mind. And sometimes you have to go get what's empty, which sometimes it may be your emotions, and get it there so what little bit you got can get start to fill up those areas. Right? I, I have to go get the jars. He says, go borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. By the way, if a creditor comes to your house, it's, a good, it's probably a good chance the neighbors know you ain't got nothing. And they know that, go ahead and take my jars. So maybe they loan her the jars so they say, we can have a reason to loot your house because my jars are in there if nobody's there. But that's just me thinking criminal. Uh, that, that, that's not biblical. That's just me having a crime wave out in my mouth. It's like, I wanted that picture on her wall. Since she got my jar, I'm going to go get my jar and take that picture for credit. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. And if we were modern day, turn off social media as well. Quit telling people you borrow jars and I think what God is going to do that I borrow jars and I post that the Lord come through for me because I just borrowed the empty jars to pull up this oil and it's all I got. And me and my sons, we're going to roll up in here and obey God because this is what he told us to do. Please pray for us. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. Can you imagine, right? Can you just imagine this, this lady's thinking like, this is all I got. What's she talking about setting aside? But she knew to believe because he was a man of God and she was a woman of faith. And the two together says, you know what? Say it. Say, the, say, the, say what you got to say because we're going to do what you've called us to do. We're going to put those things in place. And, and so he did that. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, which means the kids have to be as called as you are. Don't allow them to do things you won't do. Don't allow them to do the things that you do. do. <laughs> allow them to walk by faith as you walk by faith. Amen? And they will bring the jars to you empty. Soon, everyone, every container was full, full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, her, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Now, and that's a message in itself. Because if she never would have gotten any of the jars, the oil never would have flowed. The minute they stopped bringing them, the oil stopped. God cannot bring you something you have not set. He cannot pour the windows of heaven out if you've not set out jars for him to pour them out to. It will stay pent up. The blessings of God cannot overtake something that won't empty out. And sometimes he even says it in there, empty out your bad attitude. Uh, before you bring your gift, go and forgive. Before you do all these things, he's like, empty out. Well, I just don't think I should have to. Yes, you need to because nothing's going to flow. 
You'll have the flask, and you'll have the same little bit of oil you had when you first got into the thing, and you'll have the same little bit of oil you had five years ago, and the same little bit of oil you got 10 years ago, and you'll have the same little bit of oil, and you'll just operate off that little bit when God said, if you would just show up with something empty, I would pour into that. If you just give me something empty, something that you can't take credit for, just give me a little empty something. Only God can make short go long. That's my favorite statement. That's, that's <laughs> Only God can make short go long. He can make small seem big. Only God can do that. Only, only God can, can, can do something like that, that you're short of your education. I, it's like there, but it's, I'm going to make it go long. I'm going to make it go long. And, and every time you go and, and you do this, that, that God presents it. Now, now here's, a, here's a real cool thing that, that you know that there are certain times that will just to give you guys evidence of, of that I'm called. I sweat this way even when I'm just speaking at schools, which <laughs> Margina's had the privilege or scariness to watch. As where it's like somebody's life is on the line. I don't know about y'all, but that makes me sweaty. <laughs> well. And it's like, and, and when I'm in school, they, they did a video where my entire shirt, it was, it was a, Rita calls it lavender, I call it purple. But the shirt was a sweat ring all the way down to almost the tip. Because they poured 1,600 6th, 7th, and 8th graders into a room in Dallas in, June, in September, and no, it was May, and the AC was out. Cancel the speech. I was speaking and spitting sweat at the same time. And I was like, why don't they cancel? And then at the end, I knew why they didn't cancel it. Because the kids came and filled my flask back and took the oil that I kept pouring out into them. You know, Mr. Thank you so much. You sweat for us. That's where I don't give an answer. I've been told by my wife, don't say anything, because I know what you're going to say is not going to be what they're thinking. I ain't sweating for you. It's hot up in here. Tell your, tell your teachers to pay the bill. He sent Jesus to take us from a one-term life to a second life destiny, right? Before we got saved, we had one-term life, right? Jesus came out with YOLO way before, we, before they did, right? And without salvation, you do YOLO, right? But with Jesus, I didn't come up with one for that, but you get to live more than once. <laughs> I was trying to go YG, <laughs> LG, no. Anyway, YGLT, you get to live twice. Doesn't matter, it doesn't work. He gave you two lives. Born again is the empty jar that God will never stop filling up. So once you get saved, that don't mean it's done. And sometimes God has to bring you in the presence of, of, uh, of God in, in places. He wants to do that. But you have to come as empty as you did before. What does he said? Suffer not the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. Come to me as a child. Knowledge. <laughs> that show kids say the darndest thing. I remember that. Well, so would you if you didn't have any education. What, is, what else am I going to say? I ain't got nothing but darn things in me. 
But he says, show up like a child so I can fill you up so you can deal with this grown-up life you're dealing with. This grown-up life, sometimes you just have to go to being filled up as a child. I mean, maybe you miss sometimes when you should have been filled as a child, and God needs to go and take you through that moment so I can fill you up so you don't keep going back to that emotion every time. And know that you've been grown up from that thing. And grown up is a word when Miss Rita is not here. We were empty of heaven. We were empty of heaven when we were here. And Jesus brought heaven. And that was, that was an example of how, God, how we should approach God with what he wants to do through us as, 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 as the empty part. Bringing us into fold, into place each and every time. But you have to show up empty. Show up empty. Uh, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. I pause like y'all have to look up the verses. Sorry. Then another message came to me from the Lord. How many of y'all need another message? One message won't do. You know what I mean? I, I open my Bible one time. You need multiple messages. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand, the seven lamps represented for the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Okay? Don't despise small beginnings. You may obey the small things, and that may be all you got. But don't despise it because God is the one that's going to lengthen that obedience. The shortest distance between two points is obedience. Right? Straight with that. I know it's small, God, but it is my small and it is my greatness. The woman that only gave two mites, uh, when she gave it into the offers, what looked small to everybody else was great to her because it was her obedience. And it's the obedience to God that keeps those distance short. The one thing that you can turn to sometimes is that I still believe. Right? There are some days that's all you got. Right? There's some days like, I still believe. Jesus, I still believe. Some days you wake up and go, well, at least I didn't stop believing Jesus yesterday. And that's it. That's all I woke up to. I just think about that in the fast as the fast starts to go down. Well, at least I'm not eating meat yet. Or at least I'm not doing sugar yet. I still believe in Jesus. And, and that's just it. There are just days where people will, will make you have to just get out of your, your spiritual zone, and then you have to lay down with somebody that got all over the good part of you. And all you wake up with is, still, I got, I got Jesus, and that's good to have. Amen? Sometimes you wake up with the greatest stuff and don't even know it. Right. And sometimes we just got to deal with some folks have to go. And, you know, and as pastor and, and, and being a person who is like like where I expect people to, to at least respond, because we were always taught that if someone gives you something that you should be thankful and grateful and, and, and respectful and all of that stuff. And if someone helps you, just be respectful. You don't have to go help them back, but but just go be respectful at least. And, and I don't understand it when 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 I see a lot of times what we call uh, folks who, who, who get all but never give back. That doesn't, that blows my feelings. I don't want to say my mind because I want to keep everything that we have. See, because if we listen to the world, they say that we are, you know, we only have 2% human in us, in our brain. These are the scientists that believe we came from a tadpole and 
turned into a frog, got hung up in a tree and grew hair. It's them folks. If that's the case, you know, if that's only 2%, just think about that. You're looking around like, what's wrong with these animals out here? Look at me, I did good. I'm on 2%. Look that thing get its life together. I pulled it together. If I only got 2% human DNA working in me, which I don't believe is true, but if I only got that much, don't mess with it. If they truly believe that I'm only 2% human, the rest of me is a wild freak animal, would you ever cut me off in traffic? I should have a sticker on my car that says 2%, 2%, 2%, stay away from it. There's no way they believe that. There's just no way anybody believes we only got 2% human. And if I go to the doctor and something mess with my head, whatever you do, work on that 98%. Don't touch my 2% human. We want to keep it straight, preserve it in a jar while you work on this. And that's what the enemy wants to make you believe, that you really don't have all of God in you. He wants you to believe you're only 2% Christian. The rest of you, 90% wild. If that is the case, then I'm going to hang on to that 2% <laughs> and I'm going to live off of it till I drag out of here. Right? And I mean, just, and, and if, then you're just really glorifying God that much more. Look what he's doing with only 2%. Man, I got dressed by myself with only 2%. I can pick out my own groceries with 2%. I can make decisions. So, so again, even if you're being attacked, and even I know not, please don't leave out of here and go, I'm 2%. Don't do that. I'm just telling you as an example, don't let the enemy try to make you believe that you're not who God said you are. You are mighty in the hands of God. So we believe on him to do the impossible. We believe God can do it. So God made every initial step possible so that everyone would be able to take it, right? The initial step to get saved is just come to God. Right? You don't have to clean up. You don't have to get it fixed up. You have to just come to Jesus, and then he'll fix you after he gets here. Right? And a lot of times what happens is, is we get here, and we still have this, well, I'm just going to come to God. Well, no, you're already here. Now it's time to start allowing things to clean you up. You can quit coming because you're already here. Right? I'm not coming to church this morning. I'm here. I've already arrived for salvation. Now, God, do your cleaning work. Go ahead and do your cleaning work in me. God has ordered the possible so that we can believe for him to do the impossible. Well, is it possible for all men to be saved, all men to come to Jesus? If Jesus be lifted up, I will draw all men. That's easy. I made it possible. I don't want anyone to try to fix themselves up. I don't want anyone to, to uh, you know, when people say, if you're not baptized, you're not saved. That's not true. The thief on the cross went straight to heaven. They didn't have time. Look, hey, fella, stop. Centurion, Roman soldier, stop. We got to baptize him. He just accepted me. He says, no, receive it. Now, you got more time, get baptized. You're here, get baptized. But that won't disqualify you for heaven. I guess maybe they counted the storm that happened as a baptismal. People get so crazy with their stuff, and God says, just believe. Now, once you do come and believe, allow me to clean it. Allow me to do some different stuff with you. And, and again, we have to work on this for, for long-term purposes because uh, some of us, the way we had to grow up, we, our emotions have got to a certain way when certain things hit. 
right? We just, we just handle things differently. And then God has said, I need you to handle it this way because people are watching you. Right? I mean, he'll say that. Because if you don't, you'll make them think that you're insensitive. And I always tell them I'm very sensitive. What the enemy wants is, is just he's out there, right? So God says you can do, you can do the impossible when you, when you do the possible. And I'll do the impossible when you do the possible. What the enemy wants to do is make the small steps seem insignificant and unnecessary. It don't take you to ask for forgiveness. It's unnecessary for you to obey God all the time. That ain't worth it. That's a small thing. You, you can, uh, uh, the other morning I took this lady's basket, not physically. I, so she had a bunch of groceries, and I think, and a kid. And so I said, ma'am, I'll push your basket back because she was about to go do that so you don't have to leave your kids and your groceries to go do it. And, and, you know, in my mind, I was like, I don't have to do that. And God's like, yes, you do. And I go, God, but it won't, and here's the statement, it won't keep me from going to heaven. And that's a person that's playing defense. They're playing offense. They're not going to help anybody. They're going to do what God would have us do. And so he's saying, the, the enemy would love to tell you that, oh, you don't have to pray right now, or you don't have to do those things, or you don't have, and it's just, and it's a small step. And God is like, you're making this too long, and it's making it too hard. This is unnecessary. Just go the short distance. So, obey. When small steps are despised, great purpose is missed. We despise the small things, great purpose is missed. I want to go and get with something that's already established. Let me go and get with something that already has its goal. In fact, in Matthew 26 and 41, it says, indeed, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and the way I want to appropriate that is what, what may be small in a gigantic world is life in the spirit. When the spirit says it's willing, the smallest spiritual step in this gigantic world looks like so simple, so small. God says, give up that 30-minute program that you watch every night faithfully and give me that 30 minutes. You can even, we can even obey God through DVR later. Right? You can always come back to it. And he says it looks so small in this big world, but it's important. It's important. In the big world, it's small, but in the spirit world, it is great because you're obeying God. It's my obedience to God. Uh, is, as, as men of God and men of faith, we don't go alone and, and meet with women in doors, uh, in our rooms by ourselves. Oh, you're just weak. Yes. Okay. Good. Good call. But me and this woman ain't going to go meet in no room with the door shut. Weak that. How's that for you? Let me tell you what else makes me weaker. My wife. So both of them start with a W. I'm weak and my wife doesn't want that. Let me give you one more W. I'm weak, my wife, and my worship doesn't want that. Are you telling me if you close the door with a woman that you're going to fall into sin? I'm telling you that to be in a room with a woman by myself is already sin. It don't take that much. I know. That's why some other people are going to be in there for us to all to talk. Because I don't know what she'll say. 
I don't know what emotional state she'll be in. She may come out and say, I did something. Right? So God says, do some small things to protect yourself. You're not, this is not shocking. It's not shocking. Uh, what we see is temporary, which is a small thing. Uh, but God is using seen obedience to produce the unseen that is eternal. So what may be small in a gigantic world in the spirit, what we see is temporary, but God is using a seen obedience to produce the unseen that is eternal. It is just not a good thing to say God knows your heart while you're walking through disobedience because he's trying to use it to bring forth eternal. What is small to the world is great to the hands of God. Little boy, two-piece fish dinner, take all of it. Little boy, and say, let me make a sandwich. And then you can feed the rest of them. No, he gave all of it. Take my whole basket, take this fish, the loaves, here you go, take all of it. Can you imagine your child coming home and they didn't eat lunch and they're hungry? What happened? Well, I gave it to the, the Christian people. Come on, man, y'all gonna go shut church down. <laughs> you took my little boy's lunch? Well, it was to feed the multitudes. You can see Jesus trying to rational with some of the folks. To feed the multitudes. Don't you ever take my little boy's lunch. Give it back. Well, here's 12 baskets. So God's saying, trust him. Go all in with nothing in return. Burn up anything you plan to return to. As Elisha did, he burned up the plow so he could follow Elijah. He burned it up. He says, I don't want to return to him. Right? Then, as we said Wednesday, in losing weight, this is the one area you know you mean it. Give away the clothes that you used to fit into. <laughs> that way you have nothing to return to, right? Awesome. Praise God for that moment of silence. Um, you guys will bow your heads. Unbelievable. We're going to burn up some things anyway. Learn some old behaviors to never return to. Father, we just pray. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, we, we welcome the short, shortest distance back. And what you've called us to do in, in, in obedience to you is just right there. You said, I'm, I'm not giving you too much. I'm just asking you to obey something so little, so small. And as you obey what's so small, great things will happen in you and through you. Here it is. I don't want to overwhelm you with things. I want you to understand me with this small step. Here it is. I push it all in, Lord Jesus. Give it all to you. I don't want to hold anything back. I don't want anything to return to that doesn't glorify your name. So I bless the name of the Lord. Oh, my soul, all that is within me, I bless your holy name. Lord God, I thank you that on those days where the only thing I have to wake up to is that I still believe Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that is so consistent, that it, that is so faithful, that is so permanent, Lord, that not this life or the life after has any control over that. I always got God. And God, as I'm here, I want to take those shortest distance in obedience to you, Lord God, to create the ma or manifesta manifestation of this long run that you prepared. You said this race has already been won. 
will run, Lord God, one that's already finished. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, as we bless you, we give you praise for it, Lord, that, that we are completers in Christ Jesus. You guys repeat this prayer to me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the short distance. I'm willing to let go all of those things that seem long to me so I can invite in the short obedience to the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, and 